0: One of the greatest questionnaires in the history of 20th century psychology had a modest start in the pages of a local Colorado newspaper, the Rocky Mountain News, in July 1985. The work of two University of Denver psychologists, Cindy Hazan and Philip Shaver, the questionnaire asked readers to identify which of three statements most closely reflected who they were in love. To hugely improve our chances of thriving in relationships, We should dare to take the same test. Option A. I find it relatively easy to get close to others and am comfortable depending on them and having them depend on me. I don't worry about being abandoned or about someone getting too close to me. Option B. I find that others are reluctant to get as close as I would like. I often worry that my partner doesn't really love me or won't want to stay with me. I want to get very close to my partner and this sometimes scares people away. Option C. I am somewhat uncomfortable being close to others. I find it difficult to trust them completely, difficult to allow myself to depend on them. I am nervous when anyone gets too close and often others want me to be more intimate than I feel comfortable being. Which of these options applies to you? A. B or C. Behind the scenes, the options refer to the three main styles of relating to other people first identified by the English psychologist John Bowlby, the inventor of attachment theory in the 1950s and 60s. Option A signals what is known as a secure pattern of attachment, whereby love and trust come easily. Option B refers to what is known as the Anxious pattern of attachment, where one longs to be intimate with others but is continuously scared of letdown and often precipitates crises in relationships through counterproductively aggressive behavior. Option C is what is known as the avoidant pattern of attachment, where it feels much easier to avoid the dangers of intimacy through solitary activities and emotional withdrawal. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I got to do this topic tonight. You know why? Because after the conversation with the brothers yesterday, my brother Tony Massey was in here. Tony Massey brought the fire. All right? But why is it whenever I want the brothers to just talk about us and what we're dealing with, we always seem to find a way To blame sisters. And yes. I get it. I get it. A lot of us was raised by a single mama. I get it. We got into that. Last night. But it's not about blaming. It's definitely about claiming. And and, and it really brings me to this space. Where I ask. Are brothers less spiritual now? Because every time I talk to a brother about relationships or about anything that has to deal with higher conscious consciousness or spirituality, many of them try to front like Spock, like Dr. Spock, like they their logic game is so tight that, you know, they on Spock's level. And I'm saying, no, this is not how this works, man. The spiritual aspect of relationships trumps the social aspect. And yes, the social aspect is important. Absolutely. But the spiritual piece is the piece that reveals the truth about you. I mean, (laughs) we got to go deeper. Tonight's topic, what set you from? <laughs> Has your primary caregiver inadvertently become your future relationship undertaker? What you learn from the crib can kill your current relationship. What set you from? Where's your ordinary? Where is your truth? Uh, where did your truth originate? Who's the co-author of your truth? What environment is the co-author of your truth? i be talking to brothers and brothers want to get logical. And I say, what have you been through? You do know what you've been through helps you co-write. It's a co-writer. I'm sorry. It's a co-writer of your relationship Expressions, experiences, expectations, perspectives. A lot of brothers don't want to just say, all right, cool, I came from here, and this is what I believe. Has your primary caregiver inadvertently become your future relationship undertaker? A deeper look at how your primary caregiver may have become your future relationships warden You mean you're an inmate? You're in a cell of ideas. (laughs) This is how I relate. I was taught to relate like this. Oh, gosh. What kind of home environment will positively influence the learning potential of a child? Do I experience relationships feeling insecure and am I not sure if they're going to last? Let me tell you something about me. Listen man, at 10 months old I was sent to foster care, dog. I had to relearn my mama. After after 5 years of growing up thinking I'm somebody else's kid. Do you understand? I had to relearn her rose, who, Miss Lady. We hungry. Make us some eat. I had to reacclimate to my real mother, and I had to reacclimate to an entirely different environment. You go from the suburbs to the projects, Alton Park projects, rats, roaches. Gophers, just whoa, hey. So, of course, my attachment style is weird. And let me just say this I'm mentioning John Bowlby's work tonight, but I don't trust white people like that. John, you can't say John Bowlby came up with attachment theory when Buddhism. It's 2,500 years old. (laughs) And Buddha said, the source of suffering is attachment. (laughs) So I don't, you know, but I'm using this as a framework because a lot of brothers seem hella uncomfortable just acknowledging what they've been through. A lot of brothers want to be linear and logical. And I understand the masculine principle versus the divine feminine principle. There's a divine masculine principle. I get it. But I'm here to tell you, I know y'all been through something because I'm a man. And I see how insecure men interface with women. How do environmental factors affect your child, your child's behavior? True or false, just because you have a secure attachment style doesn't mean you're free of relationship lessons. What is John Bowlby's attachment style? Can we talk about it? What as and let's put it in juxtaposition of the Buddhist theory of attachment. Do you know your attachment style when you call in? I want you to share mine is that third one. I'm ambivalent. Right. I it takes a minute for me to warm up. Sometimes a minute is three years. I'm sorry. It takes a while. I'm not secure. I might be ambivalent, insecure. That's that's me. I, I don't, and listen, I don't believe the styles are monolithic, just like the communication th- styles. I think depending on the person, may pull out a different style. I might be secure around one kind of person, but ambivalent, avoidant, or even disorganized. Yeah, there's a disorganized attachment style. What in the name? Uh, listen, I want to know. What's your attachment style? How does it affect your relationships? And tell the truth. Did you get it from your primary caregiver? When we come forward, the voice of reason and the phone lines are going to be cracking. We are ready all over the country. Let's go.
2: Reasons. reasons. The reasons that we're here. The reasons that we fear. Our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to disappear. The Voice of disappear. Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 158.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason back in the building, along with my co-host, my playlist, what you know about the SOS band, Just Be Good To Me. What kind of attachment style does that song embody? The clingy, You listen, you got a bunch of girls, but I don't care about what happened with them, just be good to me. Because somebody with a secure attachment style might be like, you've got to go. (laughs) Or maybe she's just polyamorous. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. We about to turn up. Has your primary caregiver inadvertently become your future relationships undertaker? According to British guy, British guy, British psychologist, John Bowlby in 1969, he proposed the attachment theory, a theory that explains how and why a newborn becomes so emotionally connected with its mother, i.e. primary caregiver. Now, keep in mind, there are some cons uh, with attachment theory, although a lot of psychologists use attachment theory to explain how different people interact in relationships, there are some, some drawbacks. Uh, Bowlby's attachment theory uh, doesn't account for socioeconomic or financial situation or education or, you know, where you, it doesn't account for any of that. Okay, so that might be an issue. Who knows? But what we do know is from a newborn, right, this, this is called pre-attachment, that's six weeks old. Then attachment in making, six weeks to six to eight months. Then clear-cut attachment, six to eight months to uh, 18 to 24 months. Then form, uh, formation of reciprocal relationships, 24 months on up. Now, what's interesting here, John Bowlby's theory claims that you carry your attachment style on into adulthood. And you could have two parents, and they could have bread and a whole good situation. You went to the good schools and everything, but you could have a poor attachment style. You know, uh, uh, when I say poor, I mean a difficult one, like uh, insecure attachment, avoidant, disorganized. Because the attachment that is formed is based on your mother's response or your primary caregiver's response to your needs as a child. If you're hungry, they're there. Here, here's the teat, here's the milk, here's the pessy. You know, if your mama was too busy or if you understand, you know, it creates an opportunity for a different type of attachment style to manifest itself. I want to know what your attachment style is Tonight, this is going to be a very interesting topic, because like I said. And and I see the phone lines are cracking right now, I'm going to get to the phones right now, But, but, but what's interesting. I when I talk to brothers about relationships, most brothers. Are talking about their gender role, they're not talking about their attachment style, they're not talking about what they modeled from home, they're not talking about. Uh, their communication style. Their, the, all of this stuff is toolbox stuff that we talk about on this show. They're not talking about any of that. What is your attachment style? And if you got it from your primary caregiver and your relationships are constantly struggling, it would stand to reason that you would go try to find out internal work, figure it out, talk to your mama and, and see. Because I, I do see a lot of brothers struggle, and I'm not, not all brothers, but a lot of brothers struggle with their relationship with their mothers. You know that's going to carry over into your relationship with your lovers. one 800 Phone lines are cracking. Tiffany, Atlanta, Georgia. Get in here.
3: Oh, man. Amazing topic. I have such an anxious attachment style. And it, and it, it stems because my mama, she was always working. And my sister ended up um, watching us and always um, practically becoming what I call her as a sister mama because she became like our second mom because she was always around and helping my mom when my mom would be working the whole time. But it it definitely developed this sense of, like, lack of affection. Like, my mom isn't a very affectionate woman. She is very high-strong in her masculine energy,
4: Mm. and
3: it's just, like, one of them things where it's, like, hugs coming up, didn't get them. I didn't get a whole bunch of I love you's either because the women in my family were so deep within their masculine energy because they felt like, I guess, they, they had to be. Like, they had to play them them two roles of okay so I'm gonna have to raise them to you know be headstrong and all that but they were so focused on raising us to be headstrong that they forgot the most important part of oh I also need to teach them how to be young women and you know pretty much how to navigate life instead it was all right now better use what you got get what you want you know what I mean and it was Uh. like that whole thing of you know objectify yourself to get what it is that you want and ultimately it it, it creates this this attachment style of now i'm anxious because it's like i i really desire the affection i desire you know somebody to just want to love on me and be around me um and then it gets to a point where it's like i really low-key don't want to lose a person and end up becoming almost clingy But clingy in a real um, dismissive way, almost. Like, I don't want to actually say, like, oh, I want you around because I'm afraid that that person is going to reject the fact that I want them around. And then now it kicks in, like, okay, well, now this person, I'm scared that they're going to leave me all the time. So it just becomes crazy, like all over the place. But I
1: would attribute it. It's like a yo yo. You 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 push, exactly. you you clinging, but you pushing back. You clinging and then you push back. It's it's a vicious cycle. I understand. Go ahead, Tiffany. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, no, you're good. And ultimately, it just becomes this whole situation where now all of the everything when it comes to the three attachment styles that are more so insecure. Like there are no secure. Like I'm I'm still learning to come up out of that, but my mom and my grandmother, because we gotta really think. My mom was just taught, you know, she taught us what she was taught, and then so on and so forth. So, um even something that you spoke to—I uh I think it was last show was like, or the show before—it's like giving them grace in that because it's like they were just doing what they knew right. and what they was taught all the whole time. But it's really difficult, and it's, it's really hard to navigate that too because it's just like when you bring it to them. And you kind of, like, give it to them in a very soft and gentle way to be like, hey, what you did here hurt me and affect me so deeply that it, it followed me into my adulthood. Mm, mm. And for them, my especially my mom, for my mom to be like, oh, I did my best. And, you know, to that extent, it's just like it's kind of like a shrug off situation. And it's just like, mama, that. Even though you may consider that to be your best, that that was a situation that was
4: very
3: like hurtful and harmful, and I'm I'm feeling the effects of it. And then it's like, well, what you want me to do about it now? And wow. it's, to that extent, it's just like, well, is there any sympathy behind it? Well, like I just said, I did my best. Like I'm not talking to my mother anymore. Like I've gone no contact because of this. But you know. This is how deep it can get.
1: Wait, wait, Tiffany. Tiffany, hold tight, hold tight. We got to come forward. But when we do, Lord have mercy, this child done came in here and she done laid it flat. She spilled all of the tea. I want to hear from everybody. Please call in and share your story. When we come forward, we have so much more to talk about. This topic is just getting started. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason, your brother, we're engaged in another powerful conversation. We got the classic Gap Band. Is that a remix of that song? Still sounded good to me, though. You know, Gap Band, Party Train. Sometimes, you know, dealing with these types of conversations, it's not a party. But whether it's a party or not, you still got to get to your destination, right? You still got to get to where you got to go. And I know it's tough looking at yourself, but this is what has to happen. Tiffany from Atlanta, Georgia, was really cooking. She was talking about her journey. She was on that train. Tiffany, what are your thoughts? Finish them up. Wrap them up. We got people waiting, but I still want to hear your story because it's so compelling.
3: So just wrapping it up and just saying like that I'm on a, a no contact basis with my mom because of just the blatant disrespect whole time and not being able like giving grace to her and just giving all of these chances to just finally be respected by my mom only for it to just tragically end. in her telling me that she's just going to purposely disrespect me um, to go ahead and get it over with so that I can stop communicating with her. And that just ultimately right then and there confirmed everything with me is that that just mother-daughter connection just was never there and I was fighting for something that just wasn't going to happen. But ultimately, you know, I'm in therapy, child. I'm dealing with it, but it is something that is very hurtful. And I just encourage everybody out there that's listening, um, you can get through it if you're going through something similar. It's just you got to find that tribe, got to find that support and everything gonna be all good
1: and let me just let me offer this just this is a different perspective and it's just an it's it's an offering you don't have to accept it but many times we keep uh the limiting uh expectation and get rid of the person we can distance the person right we could be like all right you're on timeout no contact but isn't the the expectation, the imbalanced expectation of your mother being something that maybe she was incapable of being. Right? And that's being the kind of mama you wanted. That doesn't mean you can't have the kind of mama you wanted or you can't expect the kind the the kind of mother you wanted, but sometimes the expectation be the problem too. To put an expectation on somebody who can't deliver it is problematic as well, and and I would say work on the expectation, just like you're working on this relationship with your mother. Meaning, mom, you're gonna be disrespecting. Now you got to be on the outside. Okay, fine. That's how you're dealing with mom, but how are you dealing with the expectations that also create disappointment? See, so
3: though you trying to kick me off the phone, I can get into that real quick. But no don't have to kiss me another time though. You see how you do, it, it ain't no expect <laughs> it it ain't no expectations though. It, I did not set an expectation for my mama. I really didn't. But I did come to my mama let her know like, listen, I desire this relationship between you and I and she also agreed that she desired uh, a very closeness of mother daughter relationship. And then for her to turn around and say something like, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and disrespect you then. And, and and just pretty much flat out in my face to tell me, like, ultimately, I don't respect you as a woman. And she's told me that before. She said, you are not my equal. And granted, I can say, like, yeah, like, you're my mama. Like, of course, I ain't your equal. But also, please consider me to be a human being at the end of the day. Please consider me um, to be a young woman at the end of the day. And I deserve respect just like you do. You You expect it, too. I didn't put expectations on my mama to be somebody that she couldn't be. I know she can't show up, in, you know, for certain things and personality traits. And I and everybody always, you know, that's your mama, that's your mama. Yo, for sure that. But at the end of the day, mama got to be respectful.
1: And if I, she chooses
3: yeah. violence, oh. yeah, if Oop. she chooses violence, that's it.
1: Uh-oh. Hey, here's a book. Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters – A Guide for Separation, Liberation, and Inspiration. Karen C.L. Anderson, et al., other people involved, et al. So get that book and read it and see if it, you know, um, see if it kind of melds in with what uh, your therapist is telling you about. Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters. A Guide for Separation, Liberation, and Inspiration. I want you to check that out, okay?
3: Thank you,
1: brother. We love you. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Amir from Torrance, you're up next. Get in here, good brother. Get in.
5: Hey, my folks. How we doing tonight?
1: Man, we on fire tonight. We cooking, dog. Talk to me, man.
5: Yeah, you are. I want want to interject uh, our history because we're in Black History Month. And the sister who just just was talking was, was very excellent. I'm fortunate that I have a great mother. A lot of brothers don't have good mothers. A lot of brothers seen their mothers do things that were very questionable, very disrespectful to the family, to their children, and that affects them when they deal with other women because their mother is the hierarchy. So if if I don't respect my mother, how am I going to respect you? So when you find a lot of these broken uh, relationships, like you said earlier, though, a lot of it has to do with the mother. And me, I was fortunate my mother taught, I got a twin brother, she taught us, she said, your wife is not your slave. What does she mean by that? She told us, she said, if you overwork your wife, cooking, cleaning, all this, when it's time to go to bed, she's not going to be in a sexy mood. So she gave us jewels. <laughs> she going to be tired. She gave us jewels.
1: Right. Huh? I said, she's going to be tired.
5: <laughs> she's going to be tired. And right. she ain't going to be in no sexy mood. So... A lot, of things, a lot of problems that we have is because we're listening to other broken men for advice. I listened to my mother. My mother taught me how to be a man because my father decided to leave the family and go with a white woman. And so uh, I, I, I appreciate what that sister before had to say because I cut off relationship with my father before he died only because he didn't want to show up and be a real father. You can't just come to a graduation or to a a birthday party and and that's sufficient. we got to hold each other accountable. I love what that sister said because one day if her mother wants to have a relationship, she will shape up and realize that she was wrong. That's one of the hardest things for, for people to do is admit they were wrong. I was a deadbeat father. I was out of my son's life, and I was ready to throw in the towel. My mother kept telling me, son. Your son needs you and you need him. I kept on kept on kept on fighting. Now me and my son have a relationship. He forgave me for my shortcomings. That was part generational cuz my father not being there. I was but about my to, mother, I
1: I was about to say you you became your dad. Yeah. So do you understand I what, I hated. Hold on. Let me let me ask the question. Do you understand your dad better for having experience? Something similar to what he experienced with you,
5: no, no, because my mother told me this is what you dislike, so why are you copying that so now you get a you get a so here's what happens you get a and i i I told you this story though before, and I'm gonna share it with you again once my sister told me, she came to me and said, because of brothers like you. My sister and me will never have a good man. And I was pissed. I was like, what are you talking about? What does that got to do with me? She said, the way you treat other guys' sisters, you can expect the same for them to treat us. Wait,
1: and hold home- on. Hold on, Amir. Hold on. I got to stop you. It sounds like you were shamed into into stepping into your responsibility.
5: No, I, I want motivated. I,
1: no, no. I want to go back, though. I want to go back and ask. This is the bigger question. Why did you pattern what your father did to you? Why did you pattern that? Why did you do what he why did you do to your son what your father did to you? Don't I don't yes, want yes, well. to. Let me just say this. I don't want to hear what my mom said. You know, you shouldn't have did that. And I'm not saying your mother wasn't doing good parenting. You, you're, you're, you're copying what you hate. Right? Great. Your sisters. Yes. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm with all that. But I need you to go in and say, hmm, the dude I hate, I wound up doing the same thing to my son. That he did to me. When we come forward, we going back to Torrance, California to talk to Amir. He's about to cook.
2: Is it good to you? you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. forward. Throughout
1: the world, Uh, 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 from Lamert Park, KBLA Talk 1580 is on fire tonight. I'm the Voice of Reason. I'm here weekly, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My playlist is my co-host. Can't nobody love you better than you. Come on, ain't nobody love me better than me. But first, I need to know where I come from. I need to know what's in me. Amir, come on, Sir. man. Get in here, brother. Get in here, man. Talk to me now. Zoe, though
5: I, though I want you to understand that it wasn't just the advice that my mother gave me. It's also who you surround yourself with. We have an organization in Los Angeles called second call, formerly mostly brothers and sisters incarcerated that they're all electricians now. And I go to them every Thursday, listen uh, to their to meetings, very powerful stuff. And one of the things that one of the brothers recently said is if you're around nine gang bangers, you're probably going to be the 10th. If you're around nine successful people, you're probably going to be the 10th. So a lot of of what we do has to do with who our, our makeup. Who are we around? And so for me, being around positive brothers that were taking care of their children, I wanted to be a part of my son's life. It wasn't just that my mother encouraged me, but at the same time, when we do have those voices of encouragement, are we willing to listen? Because I have such a great mother, I was willing to listen. But I was the one who had
1: to do the work. I love you, brother Amir, but you did not answer uh, my question. How did you well, become your father?
5: Well, because though here's here's the thing, I never became him. Okay. I, I was neglectful, I but not to the to the degree that my father was. But I would go but, to my son's did basketball practice. I, I did, but I didn't do enough. Is all I was saying to you. Okay. I, I did, okay. but I didn't do enough.
1: Okay. All right. All right. And I acknowledge that. But what I'm saying is, somebody made the comparison. Was it your mother who made the comparison? Who made the comparison between you and your daddy? It wasn't. It wasn't the same
5: as because I, I was. I was never in that capacity. But what I was is, I wasn't. I thought I was doing minimal enough, and it wasn't.
1: Got it. You you, I, you, you were know, doing I, the bare minimum is what you're saying. And you thought yeah, like that a, was enough.
5: I got it. Yes. Like, like say, for instance, if I had money, then I would go give her some money, his mother money,
4: mm-hmm.
5: but it wasn't consistent. So I thought, well, that's what I had. That's what I gave. No, but I, I, I don't care what I had to do if I had to flip burgers, wash dishes. I should have done that. I didn't do enough, but I gave when I had it. If I had it, I would, I would give. So was it. this a go, money would... issue or was this a presence no, 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 no. issue? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a presence issue, but at the same time, it's money.
1: No, no, no. Because no, 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 no Amir. Why didn't you give your presence as much as you could? I'm just asking. Just negligent. I, I you know, I don't have an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's, a, it's about an inquiry. And this is and I'm glad you called, brother, and I'm appreciative of your call, because I often say men have a very difficult time looking inward. I'm not asking for an excuse. I'm asking you to look inward. Why were you negligent? Sometimes you might have to get one of those composition books and journal your discoveries, Right. That's a good idea. Why good idea. were you negligent? Why did you remind your mama of your absent daddy? Why? Well, like I said, though, I wouldn't say that I reminded her because that those that's apples and oranges. She brought it to your attention, though, didn't she? You said that yourself. Well, well yeah, because in, in our in our conversation, she said, well, son, your father wasn't there for you and you're repeating the cycle. Boom. We just said the same thing, brother. Yes. But but, this is what I'm saying. Self-work is the work of relationships. Absolutely. And and you just pointed out your own path right here, right now. Yes. You got to give answer to the whys that I presented to you, sir. Well, like I I said, maybe I'm not uh, clear, but I don't have an excuse. It's not an excuse. I don't, I don't. It's a discovery. It's an inquiry into self. Amir, we got we to gotta come forward. But Amir, I love you, brother. Please call in, man. I love you, though. Man, thank you, I, brother, I you, for so. doing this co- with me. I'm going to come by and see you. I'm going to come by Lamur Park and see you. It's easy, <laughs> brother. I'll be out here praying. Call me, okay. man. It's all, right. all good. All right, my brother. When we come forward, we got Kenneth from New York. Kenneth, don't think I didn't see you, brother. We got Tory, uh, uh, Tony out of Montgomery, Alabama. We all over the country right now. When we come forward, we got a lot to talk about.
4: Huh, huh, huh.
2: KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason. We turned up tonight. Classic cameo. A lot of our relationships are strange. Because we don't know where we came from, man. What's your attachment style? We've been talking about it. Phone lines have been cracking. People are chiming in. It's cold-blooded tonight. Tony! from Montgomery, Alabama, is on the line because Kenneth hung up. Kenneth, get back in here. Tony, talk to us. Hey, how you doing tonight, though? I'm on fire tonight. You know me. I just, I turn up. You know what I'm talking about tonight.
6: I know. Well, um, like Miss Tiffany, I think I have a severe anxious attachment. Mm. And like my mother- Um, it stems from both of my parents. I had a mother who didn't raise me. Um, My grandmother did. I didn't move in with my mother until I was 13. And I feel like we've been on this turbulence ride since then. Mm -hmm. And my father was non-existent. And now here I am, a 40-year-old woman whom. Never, I can honestly say I've never been in a true relationship. Everything is always me becoming attached to somebody because I think I'm just looking for love in all around places.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So let's let's get into it. Let's 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 go deeper, as I like to say. So you know where it came from, right? Because you got half your answers here, right?
0: You, where did yeah. it come
1: from? Can, your father and your mom, right? You say your mom and then, you know, your dad wasn't there. He was non-existent is what you said. And then the, the relationship with your mother was what? Was it contentious? You said you got there late uh, and then she showed up. But was she invested in you? Did she care for you? Did she pour into your needs or was she herself trying to get comfortable with the notion that you are now back in her life? Where did, where did Tori go? In the name of sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce, my callers are dry. Tori, call back in. 1-800-920. Tony, call back in. Tony, call back in. Get back in here. We was just about to start cooking. Tony! Okay. All right, let's get... Let me, yeah. let me just say this. Because I'm listening and I hear people really, really laying it flat. Remember in the first hour we talked about John Bowlby. But now, let's transition to Buddha. Right? The Four Noble Truths of Buddha. Suffering does exist. That's truth number one. Suffering arises from attachment to desires. That's truth number two. So you heard me say... Uh, To Tiffany and others. You once let me just say this. Once I gave up my expectations on how my mother should be. Or how I viewed my mother or how I thought my mother should mother. Our relationship got better. And I learned this when I was 23 years old. I'm sitting here trying to convince my mother to think a certain way or act a certain way. My sister had a problem with that you know and she was very disappointed for many years with my mother but i i i grew and matured and understood that part of my disappointment disappointment with my mother is really my expectations of my mother so when i started to study buddhism the second noble truth suffering arises arises from attachment to desires do you desire that your parent is a certain kind of way or they should have been a certain kind of way or are you still disappointed that they weren't listen i'm 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 laying this out because don't you know when you break up with the toxicity that formed your perspective you are now free we have a love-hate relationship with our caregiver. As we get older, we start to challenge those beliefs, but we, we don't automatically just throw them all the way out. Tiffany still love her mama, right? Uh, <laughs> Tiffany love her mama. Tiffany wants a relationship with her mama. But expulsion for mama because mama was disrespectful or mama is disrespectful. But if you want to reach a certain level of consciousness and freedom in your spirit, you also have to jettison limiting beliefs or hopes and desires of how your mama should act or how your mother should behave. That's why I love the four noble truths here. Number one, suffering does exist. Number two, suffering arises from attachment to desires. Suff, uh, 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 noble truth. Number three, suffering ceases when attachment to desires cease, man. I just, man, I just want to be able to sit down with you, man, and have a good time. I just want to have a good night. Many of us are like that in our relationship. It's just that I just want to have a good night. I want to be able to sit down and just Man, dad, if I could just talk to you, sometimes you got to break up with that expectation if you do not want to suffer. And noble truth number four, freedom from suffering is possible by practicing the eightfold path. How does this lock into your attachment style that Bobby was talking about? Because many of us, when we have poor attachments, we have poor relationships And then we cultivate poor patterns and poor behaviors. But the four noble truths, truth number four, freedom from suffering is possible by practicing the eightfold path. What is the eightfold path? Right understanding. Right understanding is number one. What it actually means is right view. But how can you have the right view? if your perspective is colored by what you've been through, if you're wearing uh, trauma-tinted glasses, disappointment-colored glasses, frustration-colored glasses. So in order to achieve right understanding, you must let go of the understandings that you have Inherited that weren't authored by you. Do you understand? Do you understand? Right understanding cannot be had if you're looking through the eyes of a wounded daddy or of a wounded mama. Someone who still has a difficult time looking at their own. Wounds and 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 disappointments and frustrations when you can't see you when you can't look at you in totality without judgment without condemnation without condescension without elevating this curated mask you wear the mask of I'm over it the mask of everything is cool everything is all right if you inherited these beliefs from your parents you've got to break up with them first And once you break up with those beliefs, you can achieve right understanding, which is right view, right perspective. Then that goes down to right intention. Which is thought. Right. What are. Right thoughts. Right. Well, there's some surface thoughts and then there are some deeper, more psychological things that are going on, like really deep But the surface thoughts is do the right thing. Treat others. The golden rule, as they say. Right. Your intention. Sometimes we get caught up in the behavior and we divorce it from the intention. First off, just because somebody is doing something for you that you like, it doesn't mean that their intention is aligned. Right. So if you want to achieve right intention or right thought, The thought cannot be contaminated by hurts, by wounds, right, Uh, by past disappointments. Have you ever had a thought that was as clear as water? Typically, our thoughts are contaminated. They're contaminated by every disappointment, every experience and everything we've been through. So. A thought without judgment. Woo! Can you? Krishnamurti says it this way. The highest level of observation is to be able to observe without judgment. That's right thought. That leads to right speech. Right speech leads to right action. Right action. Right livelihood. Right effort. Right mindfulness. Right meditation. Eightfold path. But you've heard me talk about something similar to this when I say thought, word, deed and intention must be congruent. Many people are in this incongruent phase. Your mask looks right. But your heart is carrying wounds and your heart is perpetuating uh, a hurt that you got in your prime as a child from your primary caregiver. You want freedom in your relationship. This is why I say a lot of brothers is out here struggling. A lot of brothers want the relationship. And they want the responsibility. That has been socially applied to their gender. If I pay for everything you do what I say. If I pay for everything and I protect you. Then you bend the knee. First off. Brothers go back and study your history. You and your woman together are magical. Y'all y'all are you guys are a manifesting team. You manifest things. Now you can manifest trash or you can manifest gold. But please don't don't get western society wrapped up in your thought process. Your woman is more Somebody I saw somebody say uh, women are just nurturers. Not all women are nurturers. You hear sisters calling in here tonight talking about their primary caregiver told them at a young age to do what they got to do to get what they want. That's not a nurturer. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got a lot of hurt people on both sides. Don't just put a blanket license on women and say all women are nurturers. They're not all they're not all nurturers. Please understand that. Just like all men aren't providers and protectors. We got to stop speaking in universal terms and start speaking in generalities. In general, most women have the capacity to nurture, but not all women. This is why we use the term some but all. And the same goes for men. Most men, most men can't articulate their feelings. Well, most men, but that's still some, but not all some, but not all. We got to get down to it. Attachment is the core of suffering. Suffering in Sanskrit is dukkha. We already talked about that bad space. Many people are suffering internally and creating a bad space for relationships. When we come forward, I'm going back to Tony from Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, and I see my brother Sean from Oakland, California. We got a lot to talk about.
2: The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. disappear. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Zoe
1: Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Without Roger, I can make you dance, boy. This is the foundation of West Coast hip-hop. Ooh, my playlist is my co-host, man. We on fire tonight. We got all types of people calling in, sharing their stories. And I was just talking about how attachment style, right? And Buddhism, right? Attachment theory in Buddhism. Like, I don't uh, sign up for John Bowlby, British psychologist, 1969, created attachment theory. Listen, Buddhism existed 2,500 years ago. 500 years before Christ, there was Buddha. And in Buddhism... The term for attachment, and then I'm going to go back to the callers. The term for attachment is so powerful. Right? Upadana. Upadana. Or upadana. In Sanskrit and in Pali. Right? Pali. P-A-L-I. Upadana. Right? The word itself means clinging, attachment, grasping although the literal meaning of the term, listen to this, the literal meaning of the word for attachment that comes into English as attachment, the Sanskrit term and the Pali term, meaning uh, clinging, attachment, grasping, upadana, the literal meaning, this is going to blow your mind. The literal meaning for attachment in these languages, in Buddhism, is fuel. Fuel? Like, <laughs> like 97 octane? Yes. The fuel for clinging. Imagine what motivates you when desire is behind the wheel. I desire to have a different kind of relationship with my mother. You know what's more powerful than attachment? Acceptance. I know y'all don't want to hear this tonight. I know y'all don't want to hear this tonight. The fuel. What keeps you awake at night? The fuel of desire. I got to do better. I got to level up. Another term for it was grasping. Sometimes when you're clinging, when you're grasping, when you're gassed up, right, you tend to not recognize what you have. You tend to not, oh, one 800 get in here. Zoe Williams is talking crazy tonight. Tony from Montgomery, get back in here. Let's talk.
6: I'm back.
1: Yes, yes, yes. We're in here talking. Talk to us. Tell us. You, you were telling us about your story, and then you cut off. You've got time. Go ahead. Jump back into it.
6: Okay. Um I think I left off stating that due to my parents, it's built over into my adulthood. And especially when it comes to relationships. Um, I can honestly say I've never been in a relationship before. Everything always boiled down to me becoming extremely clingy to someone. To the point where it finds them to be with me, or to the point I just totally pushes them. I push them away.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what Tiffany was saying earlier today, right? That yo-yo effect, right? Anxious, anxious, mm-hmm. avoidant attachment style. You want it, but when you when you're close to getting it, you sabotage it. You push it away, right? Yes.
6: Yeah. I have a lot of intrusive thoughts, like when an individual isn't around me, I begin to think they're doing something just horrible.
1: So you do know that your thoughts, your perspective is actually the engine behind all of this, right? The way you see things, the way you view things based off of the attachment style that you inherited, right?
4: Yes.
1: You know, it's easy to say you got to break up with your attachment style, but it's hard to undo a, a fundamental part of who you are. So I've the to therapy. No, go ahead. I'm listening.
6: I've been to the therapy, but I don't think I stayed in therapy long enough where I would be eliminating that attachment that I a style that I have.
1: Do you know how to do it?
6: I think the question that I have to ask myself, do I want to do it?
1: There we go. We cooking with greens right now. Greens with hog mogs in them. Now tell me what would make you not want to do it?
6: Yes that sense of being loved by somebody
1: else. Which is more important to you? Being loved by you? By yourself? Or being loved by somebody else? I honestly don't
6: know what self-love is.
1: I know. We can hear it. That is the deficit. That's where you start. I, your, I, but that's where you start your journey. Because other, I wasn't. Otherwise, you're on a hamster wheel, right?
6: I know. I wasn't raised on love. I wasn't taught how to love or shown what is
1: love. Okay, that's a better word, shown. Because you can't teach love. Zoe Williams can't teach you love, Tony. You've got to find it. You have to see it in yourself. You mean to tell me there are aspects of yourself that you loathe? Versus love? What are they?
6: My only aspect that everybody always brings about it is how
1: intelligent I am. That's it, but. Is that what that, you mean? That's it. Everybody ain't intelligent? Talk, Tony, don't you go nowhere. Montgomery, Alabama. You sit right there. We're going to come forward and we're going to talk to you, sister. Stay with us now. <laughs> On so fire tonight. It's the
2: voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: All right, let's get back to it because Tony from Montgomery, Alabama, was cooking. She was she was deep, man. She was revealing some things, and and I just want to say thank you for being so open and transparent and honest you know I appreciate it but talk to me more about your journey here and and what you've been through and your thoughts moving forward and and I'm talking about into intimate relationships talk to me
4: Mm
6: -hmm. as of now I've been I can't even call it a relationship but I have been with someone for the last Going on three years now. Honestly, I know that we both shouldn't be with each other. The fact that we both need to get ourselves together. But part of me, I feel like, I feel as if I can't, I don't want to let him go.
1: Why?
6: He's the only person I have in my life at this time.
1: But I mean, what what is your intuition saying? Is your intuition saying this is good for me? This is good for my spirit? Yes. It is?
6: God. He, he taught me things about myself that I never would have been honest with myself about.
1: So, so why wouldn't you I'm confused. Why wouldn't you uh call it uh, a relationship?
6: It's not.
1: Um why isn't it? What what, what, what?
6: He, he don't want a relationship.
4: Hmm.
1: So what is it?
6: Um, we both have things to work on, um financially, spiritually, health healthy, um, health wise. Well, it's one of those things where...
1: I think there's something much deeper here. You know what this is. Your intuition is telling you this good for you?
6: Yes.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I got something for you, though. Because as you were talking, I was listening. I got some books for you. Because you said you don't know what love is. But you're telling me your intuition is saying this is good for you. That's a contradiction. So this is what I want you to do. Uh, a couple of books. Would you read them if I suggested them to you?
6: Well, of course, I love reading.
1: Because I, I really think this is about you not being lonely. You don't want to be by yourself. And like you said, if if you didn't have him, you wouldn't have nothing, right?
6: Pretty nice.
1: And let me just say this just because you have something doesn't mean it adds up to something. S U M. Doesn't mean it adds up to something significant. You can have anything and still have something. But not everything or everybody sums up to something significant. Radical self forgiveness, the direct path. To true acceptance. See because you got to find love in you. And I know a lot of people say. Oh love yourself. Love yourself. Loving yourself is hard and scary. And I'm not going to play with you. Radical self forgiveness. Because you done beat your own tail long enough. Do you understand? I'm not saying this brother ain't a good brother. I'm not saying this brother ain't good for you. What I'm saying is. How do you know? If you don't know what self-love is, how do you know? Radical self-forgiveness, the direct path to true self-acceptance. That's book number one. Book number two. Are you ready? Are you writing this down or what we doing? I'm writing it down. Okay, cool. Because you playing. You safe right now. You safe in the uncertainty. You got an uncertain relationship, but you also have an uncertain attachment style. You said it yourself. I like to pull him in and then let him go, and pull him in, and then, that's uncertainty.
4: Right? It's
6: not that I'm. It's not that I'm letting them go; they let me go.
4: Mm. Mm.
1: We're gonna get your magnet back. Okay, here's the book. We're going to charge your magnet up because your magnet has to be coming from your heart. The truth of it, not desire, not fear, not it's got to this has to come deep. Guilt is the teacher. Love is the lesson. By Joan Boricinko, Ph.D. Boricinko, B-O-R-Y-S-E-N-K-O, Joan
0: Borisinko.
1: Right? uh, Guilt is the teacher. Love is the lesson. You've been through hell. Now it's time to get the hell out you. Okay? That's what we're about to do.
6: Okay.
1: Guilt is the teacher. Love is the lesson. I want you to hear some of the table of contents. Part one psychological beginnings. Chapter one, body, mind, and soul, a psycho-spiritual perspective on guilt. Christ. That's that's page nine. (laughs) The body and mind, soul and spirit, individual, conscious, or one mind, spiritual or religious, unhealthy guilt as a soul sickness. You free of guilt? You free of shame, Tony? No. Of course not. So how you know what love is? How do you know how to love yourself? How do you know if this brother is good for you? This is not to say he's not. I don't know him. But I'm saying you're you, 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 you flying blind right now. Page 22. Healing soul sickness. You feel like you got a little soul sickness? I
6: was abandoned.
1: And And I'm loving on you. You know why I'm loving on you right now, Tony? No. Cause you're open. Even though you've been through hell, you are fearless in this conversation. Do you know how do you know how difficult it is for most people to open up and share and 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 not be defensive and not be reactive and you in here sharing from a heart space I know you can heal this situation. And if you can't call my sister Dr. Joshana Johnson. <laughs> right? You can call her tell, her, tell her, tell her, tell her Zoe Williams sent you. <laughs> but is this making sense to you tonight? What I'm saying? Does any of this make sense?
6: It, it's making sense. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I'm I just like I Go ahead. I'm listening. Say it. I have to put both the words. You do? You do? You do? I got another one for you. Oh, I love this book. Oh, I love this book right here. I got another one for you. But are you gonna write these books down? Or are you like really gonna use them?
6: I'm running late. I'm writing down every
1: speaker, sir. Okay. Here's another one. The self-esteem workbook by Glenn R. Sheraldi, PhD. The self esteem workbook by Glenn R. Schiraldi. Tony, I love you. Thank you for calling in. Once you get these books, please call us back. I want to talk to you. I want to share this journey with you. Listen, hey, if you're just tuning into the Voice of Reason, trust me, man, we having real conversations here tonight. All you got to do to bring your city in is call me at 1-800-920-1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Is it good to you? Good to you
2: Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams. When we come forward.
4: come forward, that boy had a hit or two.
1: Come on, Jermaine. The voice of reason, man, and my co host, we've been on fire tonight. The topic has been heavy, man, and people have been calling in and pouring out their hearts. We got some more calls, we're gonna get them on right now. Heru Ali, Battle Creek, Michigan. Get in here. Keep it brief because we're up against the clock. And then Sean from Oakland. Get in here.
2: Absolutely. Peace and love to the family, nation, honors, Zoe, Andy, the staff, and peace to the God. Travis Smiley. Um, I, I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here we go. What it, uh, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, what exactly? do you want because at the end of the day we have to have a show and I'm going to propose a show like ladies that follow the voice of reason all that stuff what is it that you are seeking and it doesn't even matter what you have to bring to the table what are you seeking because at the end of the day regardless of the attachment styles that you have at the end of the day, if somebody kicks in your front door. And if you have a man laying next to you, if you're lucky enough to have a man laying next to you, what are your expectations of him? We don't have any time. We don't have any time to be to be dealing with this right here. China sent a balloon, a surveillance balloon, who could have delivered a EMP electromagnetic pulse payload to knock out the electrical systems here, and it would have been oh, listen, oh woe is me. What
1: are we talking about? Okay, Heru, you made this point yesterday. I I, I did. Go ahead. And come Go on and now. Respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> you made the exact same point yesterday, and I gave you all the rope in the world to do it.
2: You,
7: you
1: did. Now, and what I you're not going to gonna you, do, Heru, is come in here and chop up this do? topic that I not, just... Not at all. <laughs> not Heru at all. saying, I know, I know. we at the end of the world. Now, you better get with a man so he can protect you. Go ahead, Haru. Listen, the woman, and I'm going gonna, I'm
2: gonna to go out there and I'm gonna, I am I, I love all the hate. Bring it.
1: Ain't nobody women, hating on
2: you, Heru. Stop wait, it. No, no, no. I, women, you are the weakest link in the room that you are in. I don't care if you're the CEO of a corporation at the end of the day. You cannot determine your life. What am I saying? If somebody comes in there, male or female, they can take your life. And guess what? What you're going to do is, after that boss, babe, I ain't going to say the B I T C H, I ain't going to say that. You're the weakest link. You're going to expect to be protected what are you willing to do okay, okay. so this uh, this is what i'm
1: going to do for you we're going to do that topic specifically because you mentioned honest. it you mentioned it twice you said it today you said it yesterday you can't say it six different ways we'll just turn it into a topic and we'll honest, we'll, we'll we'll call it war ready
2: listen <laughs> are it, you it, with it, it I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely, wow. and and uh, all, all the the emails or the, the the topics and all that stuff. Please review
1: respectfully. You don't have to. It, you no, know, I'm I'm but going at, to. We we're, we're, we're going to do this before the week is up. At the end of the day,
2: and I'm off to quote Zoe Williams, and I'm gonna be out. What is a man's worth to you besides his wallet? That's Zoe Williams right there. Peace and love to the family relations. Everybody, please stay safe. And I'm out.
1: Yay. Hey, thank you, everyone But let me say this. Don't just misquote me now. I'm talking about currencies that are worth more than the currency in your wallet. And protection is a currency, but so is presence. So is wisdom. So is mindfulness. Uh, you know, there are more currencies than just protection but I hear what you're saying. Sean from Oakland, get in here.
7: Hey, brother. So, um, you know, a couple of things. Number one, taking care of yourself. Let's not, uh, let's make it clear. We're not, nobody is talking about being a narcissist, okay? Because that has a specific definition. And I sometimes think when uh, all of us are talking about taking care of yourself, Sometimes that gets thrown into the mix, mm-hmm. but the other part of that is, and so don't confuse that people. The other part of that is is to make sure you know that um, the brain is experience dependent, and if it's your mom, right, or that's very you had this, this discussion, you know, whatever it is in your uh, past that the mom is bringing into the conversation you need to listen to and take it in the best you can as a young person because that moves you forward and i love buddhism i'm not a buddhist i believe that god is the universe i have my own thing i'm not an atheist but i believe that you need to believe when when your mother is giving you that wisdom and then you can work it out for yourself. So that's my basic thing cuz you've had such a wonderful conversation tonight like always, but I know we're at the end of the clock, but I love you brother and uh I Thank think you, it Sean. was a great conversation. We
1: appreciate it, man. And listen, I start the conversation, you guys finish it. Oh man, I'm 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 going to reach out to Heru Ali. I think I got to call Heru Ali. I think I'm going to have to just reach out and call the brother. Listen, I started the conversation. You finish it up next. You already know you're going to get some news. And, of course, Danny Morrison and Robin Ayers will keep the fire lit. Stay tuned. We still got a lot to talk about. Deuces.
4: have to fool you through. Did they
2: CBLA 1580 Santa Monica.